Can we really not do any better on the third defensive pairing for the Minnesota Wilds? Were the decisions to extend the players currently sitting in those spots worth the end results? We'll discuss on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new content throughout the week. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we ask why for the third pairing after yet another game in which the third defensive pairing is responsible for the backbreaker goal that led to the loss. Uh, We'll talk about the contracts for those current players and why it just seems like other options aren't given an opportunity to try to do better. We'll also get you ready for tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and stop me if you've heard this one because there was a critical turnover by a third-pairing defenseman that led to what ended up being the deciding goal in the game against Vancouver last night. And I know 2-0, you got to get a goal in order to get back into it, but when you're trailing 1-0, if you can get it to 1-1, You maybe are able to pull momentum back on your side, but I'll tell you what you can't overcome is when a third-pairing defenseman just kind of sauces the puck to the middle of the zone. It's picked up by Vancouver, which allows them to maintain possession in the offensive zone. You just got through finishing with them having the puck in the offensive zone, and we're trying to push and mount an attack of your own. But you turn it over, Vancouver is allowed to keep possession, and what happens? The Vancouver Canucks scored. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here at the end of my rope with what we have seen with, in particular, the one they call Johnny Vibes. I know cats have nine lives, is the old adage, but how many... Does a third-pairing defenseman have? How many should a third-pairing defenseman have? Because it seems as though we're running on 30 or 40 or in the hundreds at this point. And so I want to go all the way back. All the way back to the beginning of the John Merrill experience. Merrill was signed to a one-year deal, $850,000 before the 2021-2022 season. He was brought in as a third-pairing defenseman. He was brought in to simply not get exposed. And you look at the numbers for Merrill in that first season here in Minnesota. He ended up with what was basically a career high in every offensive category. He was a uh, plus 15 on the season as a third pairing defenseman. And it was a third pairing that didn't get super exposed. But again, 
we've talked a, a heavy theme for these last couple of seasons has been one area masking some deficiencies in others that has led to kind of a false sense of security as to what is sustainable and what isn't about this team. You could have at that point said, okay, that was a, it was a okay season for a third pairing defenseman. We don't need to go any further. We can try other options, but you decide to go with a three-year extension. And what have we been rewarded with since is seeing exactly what the John Merrill experience is really like. And it just seems like it's getting worse and worse every season. And so this goes back to what I think is a key point of contention that we have seen with Bill Guerin throughout the course of his tenure. And it seems like it becomes more and more emphasized as we go. Is rushing into things. Third pairing defensemen exist. Third pairing defensemen are able to be found depending on what you're willing to give up. Look at the Wild getting Zach Bogosian this year. Seventh round draft pick. That's not a huge price to pay. The Wilds in 2020... 2021 featured a third pairing of Carson Soucy and Ian Cole. Ian Cole was acquired when the season started for Greg Pattern. Straight up. Just a hockey trade, as it was discussed at the time. That third pairing ended up being fine to the point that we were sad to see Carson Soucy go in the expansion draft because. Turns out he was a little better than we gave him credit for. My point being is that I feel like third pairing should never be a situation that you lock yourself into. Unless you're playing a younger player on an entry-level contract to give them seasoning and allowing them to work their way up the lineup. But it was fool's gold. The whole time, the whole time. And you locked yourself in for three years of it. And now with the current constraints, you don't have a ton of other options. It's no coincidence that Dakota Mermis has played and looked leagues better because he is. And so I just, I don't get it. I don't understand not only what prompted the extension and why you continue to put said player on the roster. I was interacting back and forth on X today, beleaguering this exact same point. And I do want to um I do want to throw out to uh, in account Montreal fan Sakic on Twitter X. Here's what he has to say, because we continue to hammer home the point of why not put him on waivers? Why not put Merrill on waivers? He'll clear. He will clear. And just send him to Iowa because you do get cap relief in this instance. And so Montreal fan Sakic 
Basically, every day a player is on the NHL roster, the team accumulates the player's cap hit. If a team sent a $1 million player to the AHL for 50% of the season, it would be prorated. They would save 500 k And so for Merrill's contract, $1.2 million, if they sent him to Iowa, it is a one-way contract. But if you put him on waivers and send him to Iowa, you would get $1.15 million in cap relief for the rest of the season. And so I'm just going to point blank ask, what are you getting that is prompting him to stay on the roster? It cannot just be vibes because guess what? This is a business. It's great to have a good room, a healthy culture. It's a business. And if you have players that want to stay, how about they prove that they are part of the solution, part of the bigger scale moving forward, as opposed to simply handing them keys to a new car without making sure they can drive first. Yeah, it's great that players want to stay and want to be part of this and want to help build this culture, but you know what you can counter back with? Well, it's a business. We got a very tight cap constraints over the next couple of seasons. And so we're just going to have to see how it plays out. And the extensions in and of themselves taken at face value at various lengths are fine. I don't think anybody is complaining about the Matt Zuccarello contract extension anymore. He took a pay cut. He continues to produce. He at least has built up some equity to show that he is able to perform at that level. But we're not talking about going from 34 goals to 15 and responding and handing out a three-year extension. We're not talking about going from 22 goals a season to seven and handing out a four-year extension. How about you handle things based off of how they play out as the season unfolds? Yeah, you're probably going to have competition in the offseason to sign these guys. But you know what you also have if you don't sign them? You've got flexibility to put other players in those spots. You don't have to lock in this entire grouping. And now we get a chance on a nightly basis to say, let's hand a hand grenade to the third pairing and see if they can get through the entirety of the night without blowing up. I'm telling you, folks, it's not a fun game. It is not a fun game to play. So I really, I don't know. I I don't get it. I don't understand. Just make the move already because you can go through the, well, if you would have done this here, this there, you end up winning that game or maybe being able to get back into it. But I'll tell you what did happen a turnover at the top of the zone that led to Vancouver scoring the second goal. That you can't deny because that actually happened. Nine lives. Nine. Probably more like 500 at this point. When is enough enough? It's all I'm asking. Oh, man. Fired up on a Friday here. So 
we're going to go from that to now one of the things that we did want to see, not that we wanted to see any losses from this team under John Hines, but we wanted to see how adversity was going to be handled. And now we get the opportunity to do just that. And so we will shift to looking at what we're going to see in tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. That's on the way as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, we are your team every day, and we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure to join us after the game. Yes, we will have a late Lockdown Wild postcast for you after this one against the Edmonton Oilers. So make sure that you tune in so that uh, you can join the conversation with us. Win or lose, third pairing meltdown. We'll, uh, we'll have you covered either way. And so as we look at the Edmonton Oilers here tonight, it is interesting the similarities that we see between these two teams. Now, not in roster per se, but in what was happening to allow uh, the allow things to get to the point that both of these head coaches and Jay Woodcroft and Dean Evason were shown the door. The Oilers couldn't buy a save early in the season. And whether it be the combination of Stuart Skinner or the uh, now in the AHL, Jack Campbell, it wasn't great. It was not getting it done. And the Oilers just bottomed out. And now guess what? Since they made a change in coach, they're seven and three. And now you're looking at a team that is playing better around guys who are pretty darn good in their own right in uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And so this is no cakewalk for the Minnesota Wilds after going up against the Vancouver Canucks last night who are playing well this season. But this is an Oilers team that is playing their best hockey and has sensed the urgency of the moment. And so we get an opportunity tonight, and uh, John Hines talked about it after last night's game, he said there's a lesson to be learned from what happened against Vancouver. And the Wild went from the point of uh, being more, you know, the quick pace that we've seen over the last four games. They moved from that to once they faced the one goal deficit of trying to force plays that weren't there. And it ended up that. We saw this wild go from a team that was able to intercept the puck in the neutral zone and push it forward to a team that was stuck on the defensive ends 
and was forcing the puck into the neutral zone where Vancouver was ready to take over and go right back on the attack into the wild end of the ice. And so for the wilds, it's it's pretty simple. You gotta be able to handle not leading every game. You're not going to. So you have to be able to understand that you're going to get a push from your opponent, weather it, and go right back out on the attack. And so if the Wild do that here tonight, it's pretty simple. If the Wild do that, if the Oilers end up leading, the Wilds can weather a um, a push, can grab that momentum back, and can then push back on their own, they're going to be fine. But it's when you just continue to try to grab for that rope and you can't grab it, you don't have the, the solid footing and Edmonton just keeps pushing, that's where the problems come in. A little bit more of a uh, deeper dive into the Oilers, who currently are uh, 10 and 13 overall, 10, 12, and 1 on the season. But we all know overtime losses are just losses that take longer to happen. And the first part of the season, the Oilers were 2, 9, and 1. And some of those games, they lost to the Wilds during that stretch back in October, 7 to 4. You start the season losing eight to one to the Vancouver Canucks. And it just it spiraled all the way down to that uh that rock bottom point. And it's funny because you make the change after they beat the Seattle Kraken four to one, as opposed to after they lose to the at the time one win San Jose Sharks. But you've seen since that you're seeing signs of this Edmonton team, and they did lose a, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, that's a brutal road stretch at Tampa Bay, at Florida, at Carolina. They lost all three of those games, so they win the first two under their new head coach. Then they lose three in a row, but now they have won five in a row. And listen to the scores here. They beat the Washington Capitals, who are better this season than I think anybody expected they would be, 5-0. They beat Anaheim 8-2. They outlast Vegas 5-4 in a shootout. They beat the Winnipeg Jets, who are off to a great start, 3-1. And on Wednesday night, and the Oilers will have had the benefit of rest because they haven't played since Wednesday, they beat the Carolina Hurricanes 6-1, including four first-period goals against a Hurricanes team that, yes, they are off to an inconsistent start this year, but they still have a ton of talent on that team, and the Oilers are able to beat them by a score of 6-1. to one. It is still a team that employs, as mentioned, the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid leading the team in points right now with 32 in 21 games. He's got eight goals and 24 assists. Leon Dreisaitl, 10 goals, 19 assists. 29 points in 23 games. Zach Hyman, 15 goals, 11 assists. He's got 26 points in 22 games. You also have Evander Kane, who was a just complete non-factor in the early part of the season. And now all of a sudden, he has 11 goals on the season and 20 points in 23 games. So it is an offense that just is relentless and pushes every instance they get. And guess what? 
even with the lackluster start to the season, the Edmonton Oilers are currently fifth in the entirety of the NHL with a 26.3 power play percentage. So it is still a team that if given extra attacker opportunities has been able to bury them quite regularly. So it's a team that just because the record doesn't look great, they're still very capable of uh, making some noise. They're in the top 10 in the NHL in scoring so far this year at 3.43 goals per game. It's the goaltending for them. Stuart Skinner has started to really right the ship as well because he was brutal at the beginning of the season. And now all of a sudden you look at what he's done. Stopping 38 of 39 against Carolina on Wednesday. He finished the month of November with a shutout against Washington. Uh, one goal allowed against Winnipeg on 25 of 26 saves. Yes, he gave up four to Vegas, but also uh, a win against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And so for the Minnesota Wilds, the keys are quite simple. The keys for them in what they need to do here in this game tonight are pretty simple. And so we'll finish the episode by discussing said keys as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is also brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to talk sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That should be concerning because it is. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a friend, a family member, a relative, if somebody I know with their kids get sick while a supply chain issue keeps them from real life-saving medication that they need, thankfully we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. Folks, the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on for $20 off your order. Again, head to jacemedical.com, use offer code locked on for $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day. Again, make sure to join us after the game tonight for another Locked on Wild postcast. We'll see what happens here in this one tonight. Maybe the third pairing won't detonate the hand grenade in this one. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how this team responds to a first test of adversity so far this season. And so if we go to the keys of the game for this one tonight, uh, first and foremost, it is going to be to like they did actually a pretty good job of against the Vancouver Canucks is to limit the number of uh, penalties, number of opportunities for the Oilers power play to get chances to try to take this game over. 
and it's not as dire as it was in previous games because the penalty kill is actually continuing to uh, to get on a nice roll here. Uh, they're, I believe, 15 of 16 since John Hines took over. And so it's not as dire as it was, but like we saw against Vancouver last night, there's a difference when you're playing a team that has a very good power play as opposed to just somebody more in the middle of the pack. And I much prefer my chances not giving an extra attacker a man advantage to Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. I would much rather just not see that happen in, in this one tonight. So that is the number one key, is to limit power play time for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Number two is you got to try to avoid what happened last night where Casey DeSmith makes some big saves and it kind of sucks the wind out of the sails. You dominate the first 16 minutes and you fall behind because you just can't find a way to get one past the opposing goalie. Stuart Skinner, if he ends up getting the start tonight, which I would imagine he will because the Oilers didn't play last night, you got to find a way to just continue to attack because there were opportunities against DeSmith. There were some rebounds that he didn't handle quite well. And so if you can just continue to push, continue to push and to live in the neutral zone and ahead, your offense is going to have opportunities and um, you just got to take advantage of them. And so attacking the goalies is key number two. And then for the third pairing, the third and final key is my word. You have to make sure that you limit the amount of time that those guys are on the ice with McDavid and Dreisaitl as much as you possibly can. It's not as easy being the road team because Edmonton gets last change. You have to find a way to minimize because the shot differential, when John Merrill was on the ice last night, there were 14 Vancouver shot attempts 14 when he was on the ice by himself. I know we're asking a lot of the uh, top pairing top two pairings, especially in these types of games, but number one, above all else, if Zach Bogosian's ready to go, if he's back to being ready to play, you got to put him in. And then, even if he isn't, I think Dakota Mermis has to play in this game. I, I don't, I don't, I was screaming for the first segment about how I just don't understand. I don't get it. So get Mermis in, get one of those two out. If Bogosian's ready to play, you put Mermis and Bogosian in and you don't look back because it's costing you games. It has cost you games so far this season and it continues to happen. So good Lord make a change on that third pairing. And as far as what I'll be watching tonight, I would love to see a bounce back game from Kaprizov, Zuccarello and Rossi. They struggled at times against Vancouver and with the star power that Edmonton deploys. And with the fact that throughout the majority of the time that those guys have been paired together on that top line, they have been good. So let's see them get back to it here in this one. And beyond that, um, I I want to see a pulse. I mean, and I'm talking tongue in cheek because we have seen more from Marcus Johansson 
over these uh, these last few games than we had previously. I want to see a goal of some sort to get him back to consistently going again because the second line not being able to score as consistently is something that's going to bite you if you don't get that consistent one-two scoring punch continue considering what you've got in the third pairing that's not a line that's looking to really score and the fact that your fourth line you know if you're winning they they seem to get more minutes you, you got to have scoring from that second line. So those are the things I'm watching here tonight. Um, I'm just hoping that I have screamed my last bits of frustration into that third pairing. And again, the overarching area of frustration is the fact that we just have rushed into a lot of these extensions and signings as opposed to simply just letting things play out and seeing what happens. Sometimes a sure thing, a sure defined outcome is not preferable. Sometimes you just have to see what happens. You got to be willing to jump in with both feet and accept that you can't see the bottom. You can right now, and it is that third parent. So I'm I'm done ranting about that uh, for today. So that's going to do it. For today's episode, again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. We are your team each and every day, and we'll see you tonight after the game for a Lockdown Wild postcast. Until then, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe so you don't miss out on any new content. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.